Well, hello, the beautiful Beauty and the Vlog squad. I am so happy to be back here in my happy place, the podcast. If you have listened to the Beauty and Vlog podcast for a little while, then you know I was on a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, due to the Beauty and the Vlog Bootcamp and wanting to focus my attention on that program. And now that it's done, I am back here doing the podcast, getting on new episodes. Last week was a solo episode, and this week is the first interview of this new season. I am super pumped about this interview. Before we get into that, I got to ask you guys, what do you think about the new intro song? Do you like it? I know I switched it up. I know I've had the other one for quite a while, but I needed to switch things up a little bit and uh, shake it up. But I'm super pumped about the guest for this week. I loved her. We had like a love fest going on. We just saw eye to eye on so many things. I honestly couldn't believe that she was only 23 years old. She is wise beyond her years. And it's Alexandra of Alexandra's Girly Talk. Uh, Alexandra is a 23-year-old beauty expert who started her YouTube career at the age of 18. Her channel has been a tribute to her younger, more awkward self who had a budding curiosity for all things girly. She currently has 1.9 million YouTube subscribers and 222 million video views. That is a lot of video views. If you don't know Alexandria and her YouTube channel, you need to go check it out. She has such a great channel. She was so raw, so honest in this interview, and it was such a pleasure getting to know her. But before we dive into the interview, I'm going to be doing something a little bit different this season, and I am going to be introducing you to some of the boot camp community members here in the podcast intro, because I figure what better way to learn about the Beauty and the Law boot camp than from the boot campers themselves. So you'll be hearing from a different boot camper each week who share a little bit about their experiences uh, with the Beauty and the Vlog boot camp. So first we've got Jana. Hi, this is Jana, and my channel here on YouTube is just my name, Jana Nikki. So that's Jana with two N's, and Nikki is N-I-K-I. And I just wanted to say honestly how happy I am that I joined the boot camp this year. This is coming from someone who has literally spent thousands of dollars on other courses where it's just a teachable course where the course creator isn't really there to help answer any of your questions or help guide you and you're just kind of left to do it on your own and on your own time. Well, this is completely different. Erica is right in there in the trenches with you kicking your ass. <laughs> she knows every boot camper by their name and she's right beside you cheering you on the whole time, which is honestly having that support is amazing. So 2018 was my year I committed to growing my YouTube channel, which is why I signed up for the boot camp. I really wanted to do the one-on-one -on -one with Erica. That's what really inspired me to do the boot camp. I needed that outside perspective. I wanted someone to look at my channel, critique my channel, tell me if I'm on the right track, what I could be doing differently, just because I didn't want to waste my time trying to figure that out on my own. And I'm so happy I did because of Erica and what I learned in the boot camp. I picked up some tips and made some changes to my channel and I actually hit my goal of a thousand subscribers by the end of the boot camp, which I am so proud of. And another thing I really loved about the boot camp was the accountability groups because YouTube can be such a lonely journey if you don't know anyone else who's doing it in real life. So I am really happy I actually started to form some friendships and relationships with people in the boot camp. It's 
honestly such a positive and supportive community. I'm so happy to be a part of it and I'm already planning on enrolling in the next boot camp because I really believe in what Erica's doing here and I can't wait to see what she has up her sleeve and what kind of guests she's going to bring on. So I'm super excited for the next one and maybe I'll see you there. that Jenna so if you are looking to either start a YouTube channel or grow the one that you already have or just take your channel to the next level then uh, consider joining the Beauty and the Vlog Bootcamp which is enrolling later this year in August and September and go to beautyandthevlog.com forward slash bootcamp to add your name to the wait list and get updated on any information pertaining to the Beauty and the Vlog Bootcamp. Now on to the interview. Enjoy. Well, hello, Alexandra. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm really I, excited to chat with you. Actually. I'm so excited to have you. I've had so many people request to have you on. And I just want to dive deep and learn more about you and your journey here on YouTube. But before we get started with all that, why don't you share with everybody what inspired you to start a YouTube channel? Well, I... I was really, um, I felt very out of place. I'm just going to dive right in here. I felt really out of place when I was um, young. I was like maybe 12, 13. And you know, you're like going through changes and everybody's starting to wear clothes that they're choosing themselves and mom's not dressing me anymore. Like we're kind of at that age Mm -hmm. um, around, I think maybe 11, 12, 13. And I, I started to get into beauty, but I there were some things on, like with me personally that I felt really uncomfortable with. Like I had really, really bushy eyebrows and oh. <laughs> I had really frizzy, curly hair and nobody, of course, nobody at my school looked anything like me. Everybody was like Caucasian. And I, you know, I just felt really out of place. Like it was a real kind of ugly duckling situation. And it wasn't even like I was unattractive or anything, but it's like, that's how I felt at such a sensitive time. Yeah. Yeah. I felt really awkward. Mm -hmm. And I used to get made fun of for just being kind of different and looking different. And that definitely motivated me to start getting into like waxing my own eyebrows and like doing my own hair, uh, you know, different ways and kind of experimenting with my look. So sorry. uh, So going back to why I started a YouTube channel, that was kind of like the inspiration. Um, All of that you know, knowledge that I acquired in that period of time had me realizing that like later in life, like five years later, you know, I have like kind of a handle on the way I like to present myself. But I had people coming up to me, like asking me, how do you do your eyeshadow like that? How do you get your hair to stay straight? Like different um, girls that I would go to school with and friends that I had, they were really interested in my beauty knowledge. And I realized that there was something there. Mm -hmm. Um, So that kind of, that kind of made me realize that like, I'm not the only girl who wants to know how to do things at home and how to kind of take control of her beauty life. And that's kind of what inspired me to start my videos. And when was this exactly? This was, um, well, I really got interested in YouTube as a teenager. And then uh, I think I started my channel when I was like 17 or 16, but I, I hadn't really taken it seriously until I was about 18 years old. Mm, okay. And so how long ago was that? Well, I'm 23 now, so mm-hmm. I've been doing YouTube as an actual job for like five or six years, but I've had wow. the actual name for, I mean, many more years. I mean, I needed an account. I think that back in the day, I made my username a very long time ago. Yeah. So you've been around for a little while, this whole YouTube scene. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to just your story. So then you, so then you went to high school. So then you, did you just do YouTube as a job, like out of high school? Or what was that's kind of exactly, your path? 
that's exactly what I did. So I was at that critical point where it was time to decide what I was going to do for the rest of my life or what Mm -hmm. I was going to, you know, go to school for. And my parents were really encouraging me to attend college. Um, That was something I was like really not into. Like I really didn't want to go. I always had problems in school, just feeling really, I have social anxiety. I deal with all types of, you know, anxiety. And so for me being in a classroom and just not being passionate, you know, number one about what's going on. And then number two, just feeling uncomfortable being around so many people. um, I think that that was just one of those big deterrents from me wanting to go to college. So um, I decided that I was going to take some college courses. I ended up dropping out rather early in those courses, a couple weeks in. And then um, I decided, you know what, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to do YouTube because that's what I want to do. And I kind of knew that I could do it if I just had the resources. So I was able to invest in a camera and I started off and I kind of was like on a mission to prove that I could do it. Wow. And so you were living at home at the time, I'm assuming? Yeah, I was living at home. Mm -hmm. And um, when I was about, just after I turned 18, I moved in with my now fiance. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he was always a really big part of my YouTube channel, actually. Um, he didn't really know anything about it, but he was just kind of like, it was like a girl with a dream. And he Mm -hmm. was, he was right, like right there along with me, kind of believed in this whole YouTube thing that he knew nothing about. So we were working together on like building this thing and we didn't really know what it would be, but we knew like we could make it happen. That's so cool. And so, you know, you're starting off, you're like, okay, I'm like you said, a girl with a plan. I'm just a dream. I want to do this. What did anything happen early on that made you think, ah, this is like, I made that the right choice. Like I'm supposed to be here. Yeah. I think, um, you know what it was, it was not only what was happening with me, just having so much fun, being creative, connecting with people, even in such a, I mean, it's, it's so disconnected when you make YouTube videos, it's like, it's really lonely. You know, you're working so hard on the creative, you're working so hard on like the little stupid stuff on the computer that you don't really want to be doing like editing. And, you know, I actually find joy in editing, but it's a lot of lonely work, but at the end of the day, when you actually post the video and you see what people have to say, like that starts building up. And and I didn't really have a huge following for the first um, year. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like I had a lot of engagement, but I was like getting that feedback and the feedback that I was getting was really great. So that felt really good. And that definitely like nudged me in that direction of like, okay, just keep going. Um, but I think it was also when I saw uh, people around me, like just kind of going through the notions of doing what I was supposed to do, which is like go to college, like go to university, go to like whatever kind of schooling. Right. And they were kind of going through the really difficult exams and the really difficult pressures of like, you know, party life, campus life. And it's like, I was doing none of that. So I think it was just kind of like reassuring me that, yeah, I'm having my own difficulties here and I'm kind of leaning on a, on a dream that I don't really see the fruits of yet, Mm -hmm. but, but I'm definitely happy that I'm not, not doing something that I hate. Um, so yeah, that definitely told me like, this is, you're on the right path. So you you basically were looking at what you could have been doing and you're like, I do not want to be that doing that. And I'd rather be here basically. That's exactly it. And honestly, that's actually the exact way I've lived my entire life. I'm like, I've, I've always prided myself on being actually a little bit of a negative person. And I look at, I look at the negatives around me and I kind of figure out, okay, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to have that. You know, how can mm-hmm. I avoid that? How can I reverse engineer the process so that I can kind of avoid you know, having a life that I don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think if, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really to keep it simple. That's the way it is for me. 
And it's, and YouTube is so much about mindset. I feel like, you know, you can easily give up or be discouraged, but it's, if you're, if you're in there with uh, a true purpose and you're really connected to your why, then uh, you can't let other things get in the way of that purpose. Like there's so much negativity that can happen by being on YouTube, but there's also a lot of good, but I think a lot of people end up focusing on sometimes the negative. I agree. I think, yeah, I think you're spot on there. It's, it's really true. Um, there's definitely, I mean, for me realizing that whatever, I mean, I'm on a spiritual journey as well. And when I look Mm -hmm. at like, I mean, the things that catch my attention, it says a lot about me as much as it says about like the people. I I mean, I have no responsibility over other people and the kind of comments they leave, whether they're really nasty or whatever, um, to each their own. But it's like, when I'm feeling my best and I'm feeling really confident about the content that I'm putting out, it's like, it's, it feels like nothing can touch me, you know, like mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter what somebody says um, because I'm, I'm happy and I feel really good about what's happening. But let's say I'm like, you know, I post a trend, like there's, there's a lot of pressure. I'm sure we'll get into this, but like, there's a lot of pressure, especially when you start working with management um, to kind of like touch upon topics like these really popular Google keywords that Mm -hmm. like, for example, like Coachella festival makeup, like that's, that's one of those things that I think a lot of, um, like people who are in the industry will like, it's not just about Coachella festival looks, but I'm just saying like, there's these topics that get really popular on YouTube. And when you work with management, sometimes they encourage you to kind of touch on those topics. Yeah. Cause they're trending and they'll get a lot of views and all that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and you fall into this, like this trying to find the hack to get all of the views and that that really, I mean, they can make you feel sad inside because then you're not maybe you're as not proud fulfilling. as you would be. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. You're not really fulfilling what you might have intended to do. And I think that that's when the hate can get to you because it's like, well, I didn't, I wouldn't even have said this or done this video, but you know, I thought maybe it would get me views and now somebody's putting me down and now I just feel like it just spirals. Mm. Yeah. And that, that's such a good point that you're already insecure about what you're doing because it's not in touch with your purpose and your why. And then when somebody almost like, I don't want to say like calls you out on it, but when somebody maybe picks up on a little bit of insecurity or they say something and it bothers you, like, Ugh, then, then, then that, that kind of reveals that and you're like, well, I didn't, you know, like you, you already didn't feel good about it. And this just kind of puts salt in the womb and you let that affect you. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a true point. And we'll, and I do want to touch on that, the whole idea of like, you know, trends and being true to yourself and all that. But before we do that, uh, going back to your path. So, you know, you were, you were kind of chugging it out on YouTube, trying to make it work. Was there a tipping point? Was there say a video that went viral or a series of videos that went viral or a collaboration that kind of put you on the map? Um, yeah, there definitely was. There was some videos that I did. I think, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard because there's a lot of content in my mind and like, so my mind's always thinking of like new ideas and everything. So I don't want to miss, um, reference my own content but I think I think some of the bigger videos that I did um were like hair related and then contouring there was one I did on contouring which like really um contouring was trending at the time and like my contour honestly was so ridiculous and that video was like really really high contrast like I was using really really dark colors really really light colors to Mm -hmm. kind of come to this um to this really dramatic but like I mean the finished result was like nice but it was it was really dramatic and it definitely brought that like shock value Mm -hmm. and I think that that's why that video definitely went viral so for me it was interesting because it was all just this big game of psychology because at the end of the day like 
all of my content was very similar. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I, I consider myself to be good at describing or kind of like directing or teaching people, um, kind of giving like a visual aid, but also like an audible aid to, you know, so that people can really see and learn from what I'm doing on screen. But um, some of those videos people really took to just because of the fact that they were trendy or mm-hmm. there was so, so much shock value. So it was all a learning curve for me. Um, and it was interesting to see what people really liked. Well, was that just your first viral video? Like, were you kind of, you know, at a few thousand subscribers and that one hit and you grew like crazy? Or do you, do you recall kind of your your path to pretty good YouTube growth? So I I remember there would be times... Again, I don't remember in specific, but I do remember like there were, so I was posting consistently. I was really adamant about always posting on Mondays and Mm. and I still am. Um, And I would see, I mean, X amount of subscribers per month. There would be maybe like 15,000 new subscribers every month for a little period of time. But then I would do a video that would go viral and I would notice that number would go up to like 45,000 subscribers in a month. And I noticed that the more videos that I could kind of tailor and I did start tailoring my videos um, not all of them, but there would be times where I, I would think of an idea and I'd be like, you know what, that's on trend. That's going to get people. People are going to like that. People mm-hmm. are going to respond to that. And I realized that it was all about getting people to respond to it, um, to at least some of the content I was making. And then, you know, I knew that the rest of the content I was making, the people who were consistently watching me would, you know, still love and enjoy, but I could draw in bigger crowds by making, um, videos that I knew would touch base with like a bigger audience. So what, what do you think makes people respond? You know, as you're going through that thought, what, what, what's something like, ah, yes, that, that's going to be it. Definitely, um, shock value. And, and it, for me, it's, it's abstract. It's creative. Like you have to think, I mean, it's almost like, I almost have to think of in specific, some of my videos, but sometimes the shock value can be so subtle. Like it's not really shock is like a dramatic word, but sometimes you have to look at like, I mean, I made my videos really quick some of the time. So sometimes it was just seeing something happen so quickly or so perfectly. That would be like the shock value that I would bring. Like Mm -hmm. um, if I mean, there was a video I did on how to fix broken makeup. And in that video, like a lot of the technique when I'm filming is to make something look effortless, like look effortless. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so it'll take me like a lot of takes. I mean, sometimes it only takes a couple, but sometimes it takes me a lot of takes in order to really make something look as effortless as I want it to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's people enjoy seeing things that are really aspirational in a way and in some ways, something that just works out well or works out perfectly, whatever, you know, that makeup thing is, people enjoy seeing that. Like, and and I, I think maybe that's, you know, that's, that's what you're referring to. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, I mean, there's, it's just, I don't know. It's it's hard. Like the way my brain works when I'm filming a video, it's like, it goes a million miles a minute. And mm-hmm. and I think about, it might be something so simple, like a hair routine, but I do think about like the psychology behind the way that I'm going to spend, you know, like whether it's the lighting or, you know, the amount of time I'm going to spend on something or like the, the, even it comes down to like the lens and how close I'm going to show something being applied to like really communicate a certain you know detail you know it's 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 very complex depending on exactly what topic or what video I'm making um but there's a lot of thought that goes into it and that's for sure every single time well you're a filmmaker it sounds like like you're taking like the role of being a youtuber in a sense and kind of really taking that and said okay I'm creating entertainment I'm creating 
I'm creating film. I'm creating things for people to watch. You know, a lot of people stand in front of the camera like, okay, how can I give value? Which is really important. You you need to give value, right? Uh, Absolutely. Because otherwise, why are people going to watch? And some people have something, you know, that they they know, some knowledge, some expertise, and they're able to share that value. And and that's how they're able to gain a following. But for other people, it sounds like for you, uh, you're you're really understanding the nuances of of entertainment and of video and of editing and filming to create something maybe something really beautiful, something that people really want to watch. And that, I think that's hard. I think that's something that that comes naturally. I would think. I don't know if you can learn that. I don't, I don't know. You know what? You can learn it, but it, it's like I don't know. It's I I combine. So okay, let's say I have one piece of knowledge that's really fantastic when it comes to uh, like cutting your own hair. I only Mm -hmm. have like, let's say I have one piece of knowledge on like some really cool trick as to make it, um, make it look awesome and really effortless, but I don't really know a whole lot else about it. Um, you know, I'm, I find a way to combine like the knowledge that I have with like really beautiful shots or something that's really going to draw you in from all angles, like, um, entertainment wise, but you're also going to get that value from the knowledge. Like, I have to, I try to make it a full package so that I don't really waste anyone's time. Like that's Mm -hmm. definitely almost an insecurity of mine. It's like, I feel, and you'll see like in my videos, like I don't even, I don't even do intros. Like I'm literally like, Hey everyone, I feel really obligated to just like announce what I'm doing, but it's like, I don't want to waste people's time. I just have this thing about like not wasting people's time, you know? I, I, I agree with you on that, on the wasting people's time, because, you know, you have to really understand your place in the YouTube world, right? As a YouTube creator. And this is one of the things that I talk about all the time uh, with uh, in my boot camp and with the people I work with is that like people are coming onto YouTube because they want to either be entertained or they want an answer to something. They don't, unless you're like someone like you who has a large following or somebody who has a million subscribers, even half a million subscribers, they don't really care about you, like about you. They, they're coming on board to basically find an answer, right? And yeah. they don't want to watch you ramble for like 10, 15, like 10, even like 20 seconds. Like you need mm-hmm. to get to the point. And, and I always say this because people, people look at people say like Jacqueline Hill, you know, you know, Jacqueline Hill and, um, and, and other YouTubers like that. And they will be able to ramble for like the first 20, 30, even a minute, just about whatever before they get into tutorial and people watch that and think, Oh yeah, I can do that too. But the reality is when you have a thousand subscribers, even 5,000 subscribers, 10,000 subscribers, but it, for the most part with YouTube, people are going to find you via search and then they're going to, they're going to be like, oh, who is this person? Like, I don't care. And then they're going to move on. But like, they haven't earned, what I always say is like, you haven't earned the right yet to ramble. Right. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. And, and, and I think like that, if everybody took what you're saying to heart, like mm-hmm. for actuality and was able to kind of like zoom out and have some empathy for the audience, the because I think sometimes, yeah, exactly. The viewer. And, and sometimes we look at like look at everything through our perspective and it's like oh how do I look and how do I sound and like oh I want to hear myself like it's it's so much like through our eyes you have to think about the other person mm-hmm. and have empathy for them and like what they really came for and like if anybody took that advice I think like automatically you're going to see that people will respond to your content and like doesn't mean they're going to love it, but at least they'll get to see what they came for and exactly. you'll get the answer. And like, you know, you'll get the response. Yeah. Cause going back on what you said, not wasting people's time. And so mm-hmm. it, it, it's huge. I, I think that's such a good point. And for, for people listening who have a YouTube channel, like, I think it's something to really 
take to heart and like, okay, if you're going to do a review on this product, then yes, you can do a quick intro, tell people a little bit about you, you know, what you're all about, but like, don't go too long and jump right into it. Cause people, it, it, and you have to think about like the path in which people are coming to see you, right? Like they put it in search, they saw a couple thumbnails, they clicked on yours, like, wow, you've already made it a whole, you know, a whole bunch of steps on the way. And then they come to your video and you want them to hopefully like you enough to subscribe. So like you said, don't waste, don't waste their time. Give them what they want. I agree. I mm -hmm. think you're right. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said, the empathy, have some empathy for the viewer. I think that's really good. Mm -hmm. that's, that's yeah. It's, and, and once you start looking at it that way, I mean, you understand it and you're like, okay, you know what? Maybe if, it, if it's really burning in my soul that I want to do like an update about my life, do an update about your life, but definitely don't include it in the concealer review because it's just mm -hmm. not like relevant. Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, and so, you know, for you, you've been on YouTube for a while and it sounds like you're really, really passionate about just getting into it, right? You knew that this is what you want to do. So what would you say is your why for doing YouTube? I think, um, I mean, I don't think I'm the only person who feels like this, but like, I mean, we all like to help people, right? And yeah. I think that I think it would have been nice for me if I had an older sister or somebody um, that I could like relate to beauty wise and just have like, you know, somebody who would like tell me um, like I started doing like uh, or I did like a bikini line video um, and I was like showing my bikini line and, you know, like all the issues, like all the little ingrown hairs, like the darkness and just showing how I'm kind of like bringing myself back to rehab, like my bikini line to read up mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and just like improving the look of it because it's something that I've always been insecure about, but it's like one of those things people don't really talk about it. You know, mm -hmm. everybody, you know, on TV and in pictures has like a beautiful bikini line. Meanwhile, I'm like super uncomfortable about mine. So it's like, I, my why is like, I mean, especially right now it's, it's authenticity. It's like getting to the people's actual lives and like uncovering like the facade and like just really getting down to like what actually makes us feel better. And I'm not, I'm not super product oriented. Like I'm not super like you have to have this or have to have that. It's all about like technique and empowering like your own self to use what you have and, and just like refine the way that you use things and like just educate yourself and, and mm -hmm. just like essentially just feeling better. I think I just want to help people feel better. Mm -hmm. How do you come up with the video topics? Um, many, many different ways. Like inspiration will come to me in like so many ways. Sometimes I just think of something that I would have liked to see. Sometimes I'll see like a color that I really like. And then I'm like, oh, I want to use that backdrop. And then I'm like, what would look really good with that backdrop? And then I'm like, oh, I've been wanting to do like a hair video. Like it, it can just be anything. Um, and then a lot of the time when I'm around, I'm not around people a lot because, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm, I'm like pretty much a full-time mom, full-time YouTuber. And I mean, I'm around my fiance and my son, but when it comes to like girl talk, I don't have a whole lot of it, but when I'm around girls, I definitely got like a ton of inspiration because I hear, I hear them talking about like what's real, like whether it's mm -hmm. emotional stuff or, you know, physical stuff. It just, it inspires me. It's like, okay, like this is, it definitely adds to my why for sure. Um, because girls are fascinating to me. I mean, like girls are just, they're a breed of their own. They're mm -hmm. so magical, but they're so, um, they're so curious. They're like, they're, I don't know. It's just, I like helping girls in specific. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. And and it sounds like you're really connected to that and you just go that that's the lens that you use when it comes to figuring out videos to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so then I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but there is, especially, you know, at your point, you've got 
millions of subscribers, you can kind of do what you want and, and people are going to watch it. But, you know, when, when you're smaller, there is that. I mean, you said it sounds like even now you still deal with this of, okay, you know, wanting management to have you do these trending videos. But, like, how do you kind of um, manage that need to do things that are trending so that you're seen on YouTube yet still staying authentic to yourself and your why? Mm-hmm. I think, um, yeah, I think it's a real balance that I haven't figured out. and I. I definitely, I, I try to mix the two. So I'll try to do things that I know are, are really relevant. And I don't really do too many things that I feel like, for example, I know I mentioned a Coachella festival makeup. I mean, for me, that's one of those things that's been recommended to me like over and over again, year after year, it's like, Mm -hmm. you you should do one of those makeup tutorials. And it's like, I've never attended that. I mean, that's not my lifestyle. I've never, you know, like, it's just not really on brand. So keeping in mind, like, what's on brand is really important. Also realizing like at the end of the day, it's the people that enjoy your videos that you're making them for. So I, I really try to limit the voices, um, who that like, you know, I, I take in everybody's information and I take in all the suggestions, but at the end of the day, I listen to my audience because it's like, those are the people who Mm -hmm. are watching. Um, and at the end of the day, I'm the one who made the video that they like. So I'm not going to take too much to heart from people who are not like, you know, on the same creative process team as me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just think it's really about, uh, again, just feeling confident about like the kind of videos that you're making. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, have you ever done or tried doing one of those viral videos or trendy videos and then maybe regretted it, or maybe it turned out better than you thought? Let me think. I think I've definitely you know what, this is what's happened. I've tried several, several times. There's definitely a bank that I have, um, like a, you know, a file bank that has never made it to YouTube where I've tried, um, first impressions, which aren't necessarily trendy, but I think that, well, I shouldn't say that. I think they actually have become pretty trendy. Um, I think the concept of first impressions, I mean, some people like it, some people don't, but, um, and then a lot of people are actually watching not for trendy reasons, but I think on YouTube, especially in the beauty community, trying things for the first time and just seeing that, like that shock factor of like, Mm -hmm. is it good or is it not good? Like that has definitely become a trend. And that's something I've been like, oh, maybe I should do that and just test out stupid stuff that I would have never purchased in my actual beauty life, but just test it out because it's expensive or just test it out because everybody's talking about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that like any time that I've tried to film those videos, there's a reason that they ended up in the trash. It's like, I just don't feel it's just not like my motive behind it is has nothing to do with helping people it has nothing to do. It just has everything to do with like getting more popular or like, this is what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't feel good. Honestly, I don't, I don't feel good about it. So I just trash it. And, and I end up feeling like crap because it's like I wasted my time and I, and why can't I do it? Like, you know, the other people that I watch and, and it just turns into this big mess. So I realized that like, I have to stay true to like what I came here to do. Mm-hmm. no matter what happens in the beauty industry, because it has become like a monster of a thing that's like mm-hmm. so beautiful, but also so ugly when you, when you don't stay true to what you want and what you like. Yeah. I mean, there's people that are, that I've talked to that are big, that are, I mean, half a million, 600, 800,000 subscribers and they're, and they become lost in what the, the expectation or, or, you know, what's trending and, and they end up losing themselves and not, and, and forgetting why they did it in the first place. And they're not fulfilled at all. They're doing, they're turning out video after video. They might have success, but they, they're not, they're not, 
uh, they're not six, they don't have success in personal fulfillment. And so then a lot of people end up getting burnt out. Those are the lot of times that people that you say, you know, they get burnt out. And then I think ultimately they end up losing followers and they end up losing, uh, the engagement because people can sense that. Yeah, I agree. And I go through that too. Like I get, I get burnt out maybe for different reasons, but, but I, I get that. Like I definitely get that. And I think that especially for, I mean, I can't, I, I can't, but I won't, I can't speak for anybody else other than myself, but Mm -hmm. I will. Um, (laughs) but it's like, (laughs) um, but it's like at the end of the day, I, I go through the same thing where it's like, I burn myself out just trying to think of new ideas or trying to keep up with different, I mean, trends sometimes. Yeah. Uh, have you ever done a video where it's, you just did it and you said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I don't care. And then I ended up doing, you know, surprisingly well. Or, or, and then, and on the opposite, have you ever done a video where you're like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And like, it just was a flop. Totally. And I think the algorithm, like the way that YouTube actually operates, that has so much to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, like so much to do with it. I, I know I'll make videos where it's like the conversion, meaning like the, you know, like the likes and the amount of positive um, comments that I get from people. It's like overwhelming. Like it's like more than I've ever got, but in comparison to the way that it reaches, like the reach that it gets mm-hmm. is really, really small. And that's just based off of like the title and the thumbnail. And I think that we can all agree that the titling and the thumbnailing on YouTube has changed like immensely. It's almost like it, you could actually probably take like a course on it. Like somebody should offer a course in university mm-hmm. or college, like regarding the way that um, presenting YouTube videos has changed because over the years it's gone from just being really authentic, you know, somebody in their bedroom doing a makeup look to like, really really clickbaity and it's mm-hmm. like you have to be you have to be really um raunchy or really like really shocking or really you have to get people yeah you, um, have, to, you have to grab their attention you do and it, and it's a lot a lot of pressure because it's a whole other creative aspect yes. to you know the video making process now I have as a creator I don't know like just have to think about the actual film itself that I'm making or the little tutorial I have to think about the way that I'm presenting it and Mm -hmm. how I can angle it so that people actually end up seeing it. Because I know for me, like the value I bring in my videos, people, people love it. Like if I can get you there, I know that it's going to bring you some type of value, but sometimes it's just a big struggle to get people there. Yeah. It's all, I mean, a a lot of being a successful YouTuber these days is like how you're packaging the video, right? It's, it's the title, the thumbnail, the the tags the description all that stuff but mainly especially the title and the thumbnail like how are you going to package this piece of information that's very valuable in a way that people are going to find it in a way that people are going to be interested to actually click on it amongst the you know dozens of other videos or i don't thousands of other videos on that same topic agreed agreed Mm -hmm. it's it's like a big big learning curve and it's always changing i mean youtube rolls out um different things and um like different changes to the algorithm and all of a sudden, you've got to change your tactics. But I don't think it's necessarily YouTube changing, you know, the way thumbnails are. I think it's just the the growth of the platform. You know, before, there was not nearly as much competition. So, you know, when somebody was searching for something, like, there were only a few videos or so that popped up and there wasn't this intense, uh, almost frenzy to be the video that's on the top of this list of thousands. And so you didn't have to really think about, you know, like the perfect title that's, you know, can get you ranked. And then the, the thumbnail that really, really pops out, it, it was, it was a more innocent experience in a way, because it was really just uploading and putting stuff up. And 
it was just, it wasn't as competitive, but now, you know, there's, there's millions of people that are watching YouTube, but there's, there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are creating content so that the competition is fierce. And whenever that happens, just think things happen, you know, the thumbnails have to be way more on point. The title has to be way more specific. So I agree. I put up a video today on uh, how to start a YouTube channel or like rather what no one's telling you about YouTube. And, and that's like, I'm glad that you're saying that because honestly, when I put up that video, I was nervous that people would receive it as like, I'm too, I'm being too business minded about it. I'm turning something that's supposed to be so authentic into, into like a business. But the reality is, yeah, there's a lot of competition. And if you really believe in what you're saying, like you definitely want people to see what you have to say, or you definitely want people to see your content or your tutorial. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you do have to put effort into, or, I mean, you can choose to, if you really want to get there, you can choose to put effort into, um, into marketing and, and definitely takes time and, and a whole other, a whole other job. Honestly, I think the way that things are headed for content creators, like you have to have a team. Mm -hmm. And I think for people who are starting out, it's like, they can, you know, it's tough for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, the biggest thing that I've seen, and I, when I walk these streets, I always see groups of girls. And I think if those, if the three of you would just band together, pick one of you that you like the most, or that you think is the most marketable or whatever, whoever Mm -hmm. wants to get in front of the camera, the three of you, you're already hanging out anyways. Why don't you just all take pictures of each other or that, you know, like make, build your little crew into an empire. Like Mm -hmm. if you're already spending time together, why not like turn it into a business? I just think that girls are so like powerful and they just have so, so much to offer. And if we just look at ways that we can minimize the amount of effort we're putting in and kind of like maximize the results, you can make something so effortless and, and you can actually build like what, it doesn't have to be beauty, but it can be some type of like content creation that people will actually respond to. Yeah. I think that's a really cool way of, of, of looking at it. It's like, Hey, you're already being authentically yourselves. You're already hanging out. You're doing whatever. Uh, you know, now just, just film it, figure out who's going to do what. And then you could, like you said, you can create an empire. And, sure. and, and there's people that do that. I mean, there, there's people that, you know, they'll do it on their own or solo or they'll do it with a partner or they'll do it with a boyfriend and, 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 and that's what happens. But, but you do, you can't be naive to think, oh, I can just do what I want when I want to want and upload what I want to want whenever I want. If, if you really mm-hmm. want, want to grow, like you can approach it that way, but like, don't be confused or upset why you're not growing the way you thought you you thought you would. You have to understand now the nature of the game, right? And so that you Absolutely. can play in the game. Uh, you have to understand the rules of the game so you can play in it. And it's not it's not saying, well, no, you got to, you know, feel, you know, chase the trends and all that. Yeah, yeah, that that's one tactic, but you know, you I think it's more important to authentically be yourself but also be hyper aware of uh the rules of the game, you know, be aware of the competition. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you, I think something that, um, my fiance was always reminding me of is like, you have to give up, like there's, there's sacrifices that you have to make. And there's going to be times where you're not going to be able to talk about what you want to talk about. If you really want to speak to a big audience, like I had, I mean, it felt like, I mean, this is at least my, my tactic where it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get super personal. I'm not going to like, you know, go there because I realize I have the the humility and the realism to realize that people don't care yet. Like people don't, mm-hmm. people don't know me. People have no reason to know me or care, you know, like they've got stuff going on in their own lives. They have no reason or like obligation to spend time listening to me or my problems. But I know that if I, if I bring them enough value, if I make them care enough about me and show them like that I care about them, you know, 
that's when they'll start investing the time and the energy. And that's when I can kind of get a little bit, a little bit back from my audience, you know, and have that, that support. And that support is awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That loyalty. Exactly. Well, I do think, you know, you can, like you said, you, you, uh, they don't care about you, which is true to an extent when you're, when you're small, they don't, but if, as long as you're bringing value, right? So if you share something about yourself, but you have the goal to help somebody or to, and it's not just about, well, let me, let me, let me share and hopefully you'll be inspired. It's, it's, it's more specific to that. It's like, okay, do you have a problem? How can, how can my experience help you? with that problem, help you solve that problem. So you have to come at it very specifically if you're going to, you know, if you're going to get vulnerable and, and, and share things about your life. But, um, yeah, I mean, but it sounds like you've, you've thought a lot about this. Yeah, I absolutely have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, one of the questions that I ask everybody too is, you know, what, what have you struggled with when it comes to, we've kind of touched on it, but I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about, but what have you really struggled on when it's come to your YouTube channel? Um, I have to say it's, it's definitely, I don't know why, but I mean, I've struggled with, um, I mean, I got pregnant while I was a YouTuber. I mean, obviously I, I got pregnant and it was like, this big thing that was happening, not only like in my life, but like to my body. And it's like, I mean, now I have the obligation to kind of like share that with people. And mm-hmm. and I, I was pregnant for six months before I um, revealed that I was pregnant. And it was like, it was this huge thing. Like it was a, it was a big shock for me. It was a big, it was like a lot of physical changes. And um, I think the biggest like struggle in that time and in time and place was the, the people that I was working or was working with at the time um, were really encouraging me to like, you know, do pregnancy vlogs and like, just really Mm. open up about pregnancy. And it's like, man, like I got to go through this as a human being. Um, I I can't like, not only can I not give advice because I don't know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, I really like emotionally, I'm not like, that's not what I'm here for, you know? Um, and it was, it was like this big pressure because it was a bunch of like every day I would wake up and it was like, I should be doing this. I should be filming this. I should be like recording this. And it was stupid because it's like, at the end of the day, like I'm the one who like, it's just, it was all of the voices that I was making matter more than they really needed to matter. And I don't even think that anybody really intended to have that effect on me. And that was the other thing that I, I came to terms with. It's like, Nobody was really trying to, you know, make me have this big struggle internally, but <laughs> I took it as all of these, all of these shoulds and and shoulds are so freaking dangerous. And I've learned that mm-hmm. over the years, like when you're telling yourself you should be doing something, the first thing you got to do is stop because you, you shouldn't be doing anything. You can do something and you can, you know, you can choose to take your time with it, but it's like beating yourself up never brings anything good. So you felt like you had this expectation of, of what your viewers, your uh, manager, family or whatever to, to share about your pregnancy. And you just didn't feel like, like you wanted to. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really viewers, like viewers. I know that they kind of just accept what I, what I put out there. And mm-hmm. I love the the kind of like gratitude. People will just be like, you know, you can put, post the anything and I'll watch yeah. it. And I love that. And that's so great because they don't realize that like, you know, I, I think very hard about what I present to them. So it's like, it's flattering when people think that I could just post anything and they would like it. Cause like, I don't know if that's really, if you guys would actually enjoy that because I, you know, I do think really hard about what would bring value to people, but it, but it, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't family. It was just people that I was working with, like on a, on a professional front. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that again like had the best intentions but yeah they were definitely um it wasn't it honestly it wasn't really healthy it just wasn't really healthy to have to go through that but then have people who didn't really get what I was going through on a personal level trying to give me business recommendations for my personal life Mm -hmm. um it was just yeah it just wasn't and I think I think too with like YouTube culture because we see other moms you know like literally pushing a baby out and then like (laughs) posting a daily vlog every day after it's like oh you should be doing that too well you've had kids Erica you know what it's like I mean can you imagine I'm I'm not sure (laughs) yeah okay there you go I'm very private like that yeah no yeah that's not that's not the way it goes for a lot of people um and I think when it comes to YouTube because we're well when it comes to the internet you see one person do it and then you think that like, you know, it's going to work for everybody or that mm-hmm. it's like a trend that now everybody can touch base with. And it's like, sometimes things are really personal to a certain person and, and it works for them, but sometimes that means it's not going to work for anybody else, you know, mm-hmm. um, or it's not going to work for you. Yeah. I mean, people are different. I mean, some people are really fine with sharing everything and, and, and just sharing their whole aspects of their lives. And, and that, that's, that's great for them. And that's great for their viewers. There's some viewers that absolutely love there's you know certain family vloggers that reveal everything and, and that's, that's great for them. And, it, but it's not for everybody and you have to stay true to who you are. And like we talked about the, you know, on top of the interview, just stay true to you because once you veer from that, uh, that's kind of the first step to, uh, probably the destruction of your YouTube channel. Like I agree. I agree. <laughs> because uh, you'll, you'll be doing things you don't want to do. And like you said, if anything goes wrong, then you're, it's really devastating because you're like, you, you knew you weren't true to yourself and you're like, yeah, you know, I got these negative comments and I really didn't want to do this. Uh, so you have to respect that. And so what did you do? Did you just not talk about the pregnancy or did you kind of mention it like lightly or, I mean, cause it's, it's, you know, when you're pregnant, it's, it's, it's a physical thing too. Uh, and then, you know, you had your, ba- your, your baby is now there. So what, what did you do? Well, what I did was I figured, um, I eventually announced it and that was something like I was okay with. Um, I, you know, I was, I made like a short little announcement video and I, I got a little bit personal too, because I, I'm adopted. So it's like my first blood related. My son is my first blood mm. family. Mm. So that was like a really big thing. That alone was like, really like, oh my God, I'm going to meet somebody that's related to me. Like I've never, I've never actually had that before. So that was wow. something I shared with my audience and people were so supportive and I so that was great but when it came to like making content like I felt like I had okay well maybe I should be moving my channel into like the mommy space that's what Mm -hmm. what um, a lot of people in the industry call it like the mommy space Um, and that's just not what I started it for you know I didn't start my channel to become a mom I don't really identify with being a mom I am a mom but like I like I'm a woman first, you know, like I've been, I've been a girl longer than I've been a mom. So I'm just, I'm just learning about the mom thing. Um, and, and I like, you know, also I don't really, I'm not really comfortable like putting my son out there because like he didn't really sign up to be on YouTube. So it's just, it's like this big thing that I never really signed up for. So Mm -hmm. when it came to dealing with the pregnancy, I, I did a couple of videos where I kept everything true to me it was like I did a pregnancy hacks where I was showing all of the different things I did during pregnancy to really like combat stretch marks and to make um, things more comfortable uh, and hopefully to make things better for postpartum Um, and I didn't really get too personal you know I didn't do any like updates or anything like that was actually really going on with me Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I shared everything really comfortably but it was definitely 
it was definitely done with the inspiration of like, this is what you should be doing. And I don't know, had I not had those voices um, in my ear, I don't know that I would have really shared like a nursery room tour or Mm. anything personal like that. Um, Although I do, I do love like the videos looking back, they were definitely like, you know, I've definitely, yeah, I had my control over them, but, and they're nice to look back on, but yeah, it's just, I, I learned a big lesson on authenticity and like just being strong in what it is that you want and and not letting other people tell you what you need to be doing. Yeah, no, totally, totally. Uh, all right. So the next part of the uh, interview is the t- best tips. And the first best tip is what's your, and we've talked about all this, but these are just quick responses. So okay. what is your best tip for starting a YouTube channel? My best tip is to figure out what makes you the most, well, what makes you unique and what's the most valuable thing about you that you can kind of share with people and find a way to uh, really clearly communicate that in your videos. Yeah, I I love that. That's great. Um, Best tip for what not to do? Uh, Don't talk too much. (laughs) Best tip for growing a channel? Um. Stay up to date with the technological or technology. I don't even know if that's really isn't that's a word technological. The side of technology. Techno- get really fr- yeah, <laughs> get get familiar with the algorithm. And if you don't know what that is, like definitely get familiar with it because at the end of the day, it's about what YouTube shows people, not really always about the content you're making, like we spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important to get informed. What is your best equipment tip? Oh, my best equipment tip is. I like using lots of artificial lighting. I don't, don't, don't just use one ring light and uh, definitely use some light to bounce up under you um, to light yourself better. You use, uh, you said don't use one ring light. You use multiple ring lights? Yeah, I'll use two ring lights and then use something behind you as well. Oh, I've never heard that. I use two ring lights. Yeah, one on each side. I, I, you know what? I really don't like the rings in, in my nice. eyes. I don't like the look of that. Mm-hmm. And I also think the, the ring lighting, everybody's got it. And it looks kind of, you can spot it. And it's great. But at the same time, I think you'll, you'll kind of up your video game if you have two. It gives you more expensive, more uh, studio lit look. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. And the last is the beauty bonus round. So these are the same questions that I ask everybody that comes on the show. And the first question actually is a fun one. It's what are your three Holy Grail beauty items? My vitamins, eyeliner, and concealer. Okay. Specific products and brands. Mm, Specific. um, Urban Decay Foundation. uh, My Whole Foods, Mega Foods, (laughs) Women's One a Day. (laughs) And also uh, my favorite concealer right now is Tarte Shape Tape. And what's your favorite eyeliner? Mm, my favorite eyeliner, uh, I'm, I'm using a natural one. It's 100% pure. It's pretty good. Mm, okay. Um, okay. What do you use to edit and your camera? And you already talked about lighting uh, and sound and, and audio. Oh, you, my, my audio is not on point. I use a, a Rode mic or um, I use a blue what is that? I forget what it's called. It's a blue something. A blue Yeti? It's the little, yeah, blue Yeti. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic for voice notes. I love that. Um, I'm still working on my like my talk through audio. That's not that I should, you don't want to take advice from me. <laughs> um, but when it comes to camera, definitely something that you can see yourself on. I use an uh, Canon EOS 
uh, 70D, I think it's called. And my favorite little tech tool is the Cam Ranger. It's um, something that can connect with Wi-Fi. Uh, you plug it into your camera and then you can connect it to your phone or an iPad and it'll give you a monitor of what the camera is seeing. So mm. I'll always use my little monitor, um, which is communicating via Wi-Fi on my iPad so I can see what the camera sees. So I don't have to like stare into the viewfinder. Uh, so yeah, you can place that iPad wherever you want if you've got one or your phone. Uh, so I like that thing. And then, um, yeah, with, with editing, my favorite thing is to use Final Cut Pro. I think mm -hmm. it's, it's just the one and only thing that yeah. I would ever use. What would you not do again if you were to start your YouTube channel today? Uh, talk with a higher pitched voice because I was insecure about having a low voice. Oh, really? <laughs> I would have just talked. Yeah. I used to, I used to be like, hi everyone. Like, and I, I, th I think it was just, it was just being young and, you know, feeling so different, but I would just embrace who I was and I wouldn't be so scared to, you know, be like rejected from mm. humankind. <laughs> from humankind, <laughs> from everybody. Yeah. Well, that's what I can feel like in your head. Yeah. Right. You feel like the whole world's against you. Um, <laughs> Who would be your dream collaboration on YouTube? I think, you know, without thinking, Michelle Fawn. I don't even mm -hmm. know if she does YouTube videos anymore, but she's just, she's incredible. I've met her a couple of times and she's like so ethereal. She's like an angel. Mm -hmm. I just think she's so cool and I really look up to her. Who, what do you wish you did do when you first started? Hmm. <laughs> Maybe, um... I wish I kind of showed like my working conditions. Like I wish I took some photos or videos mm. because I used to have some really, really spotty setups, like some really crazy things, balancing my camera off of shoe boxes and just, it would be nice to be able to like kind of see where I started. Far, and, like, yeah. Yeah. I think that would have been cool. Yeah. That's actually neat. Um, what is the biggest mistake you've made in your YouTube career? You know what? I don't know. I don't really know. I know that I've, I've definitely like, been uncomfortable and I've and I've had problems but I don't really know of anything that I've done where it's like oh my god that was like a really solid mistake I think that everything has actually made everything a lot richer in the end so mm -hmm. I can't really think of anything in particular uh, what is the smartest decision you've made in your YouTube career making all of my content royalty free Nice. Uh, not using any music. That was the biggest thing I ever struggled with. It was like, I always wanted to use music like the other YouTubers. They're always mm -hmm. using like top 40 and I never did. And now none of my videos are taken down and I'm not hit with any copyright strikes and my channel is in good standing. Yeah, <laughs> that's important. Um, what is your favorite video or the video that you're most proud of? Hmm, good question. Um, I am most proud of probably my most recent video. Um, talking about uh, what nobody tells you about starting a YouTube channel. And what is your favorite opportunity you got as a result of being on YouTube? Hmm. My favorite opportunity. Uh, oh, man. You know what, Erica? I'd have to say it was this podcast. It was very authentic talking to you. I like Wow. I like I think this is my favorite. <laughs> really? Thank you. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I mean, there's there's cool stuff, right? You get to go cool place, go yeah. to cool places and meet cool people. But it's nice when you can have a real conversation. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I've got to got to put on a face or whatever. Right. But, yeah, you know, it's nice to have a real conversation. Oh, that's nice. Thank you so much. And uh, last question. What is your superpower? Meaning what do you have? Like what? skill or something that comes naturally to you that has contributed to your success? Um, 
I think that my I've got a lot of predictive value. Like I I know and see like what people want or like where things are headed. Mm. Um, I think that that you know I'm not sure if it's even contributed to my success. I don't know. I guess it has, but it's definitely it definitely feels like it has. Um, yeah, that's a really that's a really cool superpower. So let me ask you, what do you think is going to happen with YouTube? Like, where do you think it's the gonna, future of YouTube is going to be? You know what? Honestly, I have fear in my heart. I think that there's a lot of, I mean, as a creator, it's for a viewer, it's like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Things change. But mm-hmm. for a creator, it scares me because I think it's going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think it's going to get so big. The competition is going to get so big that things like, you know, the monetary side of things, I think it's going to take a really big swoop. I think that people are going to start earning a lot less on YouTube than mm-hmm. they are right now. That's just what I think. I don't know if that's actually what's going to happen, but I think that they're going to get a hold on everybody and then they're going to um, drop everyone's value, make it even harder, make it an even bigger struggle to get things viewed and they're going to make the rich richer. I honestly just think that that's the way that things usually end up going. Mm-hmm. But um, And that's why I say it's so important to educate yourself on the actual algorithm and the database and figuring out like how you can get seen because mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing more and more of, but I think I see it slowly. So it's something, yeah, it doesn't make me happy to think about that, but that's the honest truth. That's like so interesting because it, it is what happens a lot of times. I mean, when, when, when more and more people come into something, the competition becomes fierce and in a way, uh, YouTube as a platform or the value of a creator goes down because there's just so many people doing it. And so even from a brand perspective, then they have even more people to choose from and, yeah, and, and more talent to, to cherry pick from. But, but I, think, Absolutely. I mean, and, and I think that's a, a really, I think that's, that's definitely, um, that's definitely something that can happen. And that's why not so much even understanding the algorithm. I think that, I think that's almost at a point now that if you're starting YouTube, it's like, it's like, uh, like like, duh, like you have to, right? It goes, it goes without saying, right? You have to, if you're going to commit to a platform like YouTube and you're really going to commit to it, right? Not like upload every now and then, but if you're going to commit to it and there's people that like start channels and they're uploading once a week or once or twice a week, you owe it to yourself. And it's almost your responsibility to yourself to understand the platform that you in. Like we talked about earlier, what are the rules of the game? But at the same time, I think where you can really, really, and I feel like you have this with your channel where you could really differentiate yourself and really make your mark is that engagement and loyalty of the audience. If you're able to have a sincere connection to the people that watch you and these and the people are are just hanging off your every word and they're there ride or die, that's your value as a creator. That's ultimately I think it is going to be the currency. And yes, views, uh subscribers of course, but it, it's really that loyalty. I agree. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, getting to know you. I can't believe you're, how old are you? I'm 23. I can't believe you're 23. Wow. You, oh, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you, you just sound much older and wiser. Are you, are you one of those people that say you're, you're a little bit of an older soul? Well, I, this isn't my first time here, if that's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> totally straight face here, Erica. <laughs> Well, you definitely just sound like someone who's got a lot of experience and it's just been a pleasure talking to you. And so if anybody's not familiar with you and your channel, where can they find you? Uh, You can find me on Alexandra's Girly Talk, which is uh, with a Y on YouTube and the same handle for Instagram. 
Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Again, this is my favorite thing I've ever done. Honestly. Oh my gosh. So yes. Great. That's amazing. It's made my week and that's amazing. So thank you so uh-huh. much. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that you you like to go deeper and really see what's behind um, all of this because there is so much behind, you yeah. know, being a creator. So it's, it's nice that you have that fascination. I can tell. I do. I think it's fascinating. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, and I, and I always appreciate people like yourself that are willing to go there that are really to really willing to reveal the behind the scenes. Absolutely. So, thank you. All right, Alexandra. Bye. Bye-bye. You have a good night. Well, that's it. That's our episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. And if you stayed this long, do me a huge, huge favor and leave a review on iTunes. Five stars would be amazing. It helps more than you know, helping other people find the Beauty and the Vlog podcast. Also, make sure you check out beautyandthevlog.com for all the show notes for this episode. And if you're not a part of the Beauty and the Vlog family on our Facebook group, Make sure you join for lots of support, collaborations, and questions and answers for anything related to being a content creator on YouTube. This is Erica, and I will see you next week.